Welcome to Breaking Business Barriers, where we believe that choosing to go all in is the only way to create true freedom in your business and life. Now join your hosts, Brent Duhane, Dr. Joseph Kay, and Brandon Straza, as they talk to industry leaders, veteran CEOs, and cutting edge entrepreneurs about the tough decisions they made on their way to success. This is Breaking Business Barriers. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Business Barriers. I am your co-host, Brandon Strasser, the Real Naked Agent, also along with... Dr. Joseph K. And Brent Duhane. And today and we have Quan Huen. He, boy, I tell you what, I, I don't even know where to begin with him. He's the founder and CEO of Jade Janitors, Inc. He's the program manager at Defy Ventures, and I'm going to just throw it out there super quick. If you want to find him after hearing this amazing story and where he's going, you can find him on Instagram at Quan, Q-U-A-N-722. Or you can also find him on Facebook at Quan722. And Quan, I, I, I want to start out with, as, as we always like to, give us kind of a funny story or something that's happened to you in your life that's a little whimsical that people might be able to relate to. There's a story I, I tell like uh, my friends and they laugh about this. And we can laugh about this now is, uh, when I first came home from prison, the next day, my sister-in-law, my brother took me to their yoga studio. And um, that was the first yoga studio I had been in in, what, 17, 18 years. And just to see all the women in those um, yoga pants, it made me feel very uncomfortable in there. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I had to look around. But I was afraid people were going to think I was some type of pervert for looking at them. So I didn't. So I guess that was a... That was an amusing story. I could look back now and laugh at it. Yeah, well, you know, that's, a, that's definitely a good one. And you just kind of brought out there, you're like, listen, when I was released from prison, so for the people that don't know, just a little over three years ago after serving about 22 years in a correctional institution and being paroled for, from what at the time was going to be a life sentence, and you've, you've turned it around. You, you're, you're now part of the community. You're now part of building what's going on. And you've got your own corporation. So kind of tell us, how did you, how did you, what happened to, you know, with your time in prison to what made you sit there and say, I want to make the change, become, get out of prison and become an entrepreneur? Um, sure. So uh, to clarify, I've done about 22 years of my life in and out from juvenile hall to the California Youth Authority and ultimately to prison. Um, for murder. Uh, I did 16 years on uh, my last case. It was a life sentence. And at the time, I was tried for the death penalty. Um, and I've shared this openly is that I, the only reason why I wasn't given the death penalty is because I lied at trial. Um, I got rid of evidence. I coached witnesses and I benefited from it. Um, but at the time during the life sentence, uh, the state of California was not paroling any of us, so I thought I was going to die in prison anyway. So even going into prison, um, during the first 10, 12 years, I just did whatever I wanted to do. I continued to hustle. I continued to uh, get involved with the criminal enterprises in there. But somewhere along my 12th year, my 12th or 13th year, um, I just started asking myself a bunch of different questions. Uh, is this what my life is meant to be? Am I supposed to die in here? And I've always been fascinated with business, business books, and I was, I've always been a bookworm. So I was at the time reading a whole bunch of different business books, how to treat people better, um, 
how to how to lead a great organization but it was just always something at the back of my mind like man i would like to be able to be involved with doing good for the world and it just one book led me to another i ended up on the books on the saints and uh one thing that i noticed about each of the saints they all had a theme of every single one of these um amazing heroes left such uh legacies and made such an impact in the world but yet every single one of them was also very flawed at one time or another in their life but so that it just had me thinking like why can't i leave a legacy for myself while i'm here why can't i do something with my life even if i'm supposed to die in prison and uh it was just one day on the yard i was standing there and i said you know why can't i just make myself prison doesn't have to be punishment i can make myself a better person and it's just that small like subtle shift in my head but it made all the difference in the world um where you know i i and i and i shared about this in some talks is that i remember the sun was coming up that morning i could feel the warmth from it uh i saw the individual drops of dew on the blades of the grass and right above me in the razor wire i heard um the sparrows chirping and i tell people they probably been chirping for 12 13 years of my sentence i never heard it but um hmm. i heard the sparrows chirping and from that day forth uh prison was no longer punishment for me i felt connected to other human beings and it was then to begin a process of how do i make a difference in this world where i'm at right now even if i'm supposed to die in here and that began the process for me um i got involved with groups i started creating groups i facilitated groups and i just noticed i can make an impact in the world even if i'm here so that kind of was the backdrop i also at the time was working at the prison hospital on the janitorial cleaning crew so i was just sitting there and i told my coworkers hey um i would like to own a, a cleaning crew one day cuz this we do a really good job inside this hospital so i remember calling home to my brother this is like i think when i was actually found suitable waiting on the 150 days and there were things we were talking about and one of the things i said is um is the the cleaning crew at your company how what do you think of it like how uh, uh why don't we create a company and we just clean that and he goes well it doesn't work like that out here you can't just create a company so i eventually ended up paroling home i worked in the at his real estate firm um and one day found out that the building owner wanted to get rid of the cleaning company so they just said hey um my sister in law comes to me and says can um are are you interested in cleaning this because there was this back and forth between they wanted to hire just somebody else like i think it was her uncle and i said we should just create the company and hire her uncle to get a better pay um ended up her uncle didn't want to work there so that she just came to me and said do you want to clean this building and i said yes and i didn't have a company at the time but i just got the email of the building owner i um got on to go daddy and i just started looking up names of what it was going to be called so i go i want something to sound like you know like something valuable something with quality so i said like gold janitors is taken platinum janitors is taken so i said what about jade janitors and nobody had taken jade janitors that domain so i bought it for $9.99 and i emailed um the building owner said hey my name's kwan huin i'm the ceo and founder of jade janitors 
and I hear you want to quote. And so that began the dialogue. He says, can you give me your business license, certificate? I didn't know any of that stuff. And I just had to ask around, like ask my cousin, got onto Google to find out what insurance was. And this was in the span of over four days. Um, uh, they, they said, can you give me like, you know, your, your, your insurance? I got on Google, what is a janitorial insurance? Saw the policies, bought, bought one. I said, okay, this is probably a $1,200 gamble. I think it's like $400 plus like $80 a month for the next year. So I signed that contract. I said, okay, it's a $1,200 gamble. Sent that off. Then um, he said, can you give me a quote? I worked in a building, so I knew how big it was. And I figured, okay, it will take me probably three, four hours to clean this, but I'll put somebody here. I'll pay them five hours to clean it. This is what I'll pay them. This is the margin I want. Sent off the quote and they said, can you guys start? And that was my very first contract. That took four days. So I look back mm. now, I don't know how I pulled it off, but it was just luck with fortune with opportunity altogether. So from nuts to bolts, full four days, uh, yeah. the vision from when you were s still incarcerated to making it a reality, it's, it's almost kismet. It's almost fate of how it came together. And you, you went all in. You just didn't even sit there and hold back. Joseph, I mean, step in here. What are you, what are you thinking right now? Yeah, it's, it's just such a remarkable story. And I think more than anything, uh, I was struck by the clarity with which you told it. And it kind of reminds me back to that moment on the yard when you were experiencing all these things as if they were happening for the first time, like the warmth of the sun and the sparrows singing. And I wondered, I've heard other entrepreneurs, other leaders talk about these moments of clarity or mindfulness. Is that something you think you experienced at that point? Yes, um, I would have to say absolutely. I mean, Prison after that day, like, you know, um, it became a place for me to really practice, you know, um, when we're reading about how to be mindful, how to speak gently, how to treat people uh, kindly, how to be a com uh, an effective communicator. Um, but I had an opportunity in there to practice this on a daily basis because I'm in <laughs> a almost like a fishbowl of sorts. And it was in a dorm with like 300 other men. And I could practice trying to speak gently or how to respond. I could, and I failed so many times, but I would go back in my journal that night and make a note. This is what I did well. This is where I had failed. And this is where I would like to improve for the next day. And it became just like, a, you know, continue to, to, to iterate on myself and continue to practice. And suddenly it just became almost like a habit where I can take a breath before I respond or I can step back and come from a place of kindness. Um, and then I can listen to somebody without feeling the need to tell them they're wrong or just, or just accept them as they are. So it was like all these little lessons I learned while I was in prison on mindfulness and I guess being awakened and, and, and learning what does this really mean and how can I still, um, how can I, I think the main thing for me is how can I still make an, a difference in this world? And it just, I don't know, I think just kind of continued to snowball. And then I go to the parole board and they said, you know what, we're, you're no longer a threat to society. Um, we're going to parole you. So it just, and then now I'm home. And yes, like Brent says, I, I, Brent and, and everyone said, like, I'm, I'm just very fortunate to be here. So. Well, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll pass this to, to Brent in a second because he, he is always one to be looking for books. But it, it sounds to me like even, 
even in the the you know the depths of of a, a terrible winter you had this summer burning inside of you and all of those things that make a successful leader or a ceo or an entrepreneur you had really honed you know reading books and uh listening to people and keeping notes and journals and practice and all that it sounds it's a really remarkable remarkable journey thank you so Quan, is there a book that stands out? You, you had a lot of time and uh, to, to do a lot of reading and, and you soaked in uh, tons and you and I've talked a little bit about this. Is there, a, is there an author that just stood out to you or a book that just uh, all of a sudden felt like, it was, man, I'm turning the page? Well, there are several, so I would, um, if I could name a few, I mean, of course, uh, business books would be Good to Great by Jim Collins. I, I love that. Um, Great book. Absolutely. I love, I love The Alchemist. Um, I love The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Um, oh, yeah. Good one. Yeah. Um, mere, even Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um, like when I was reading, I know, for example, when I was reading Good to Great, uh, and it says how to be a good leader or how to run a good company. But I also applied it to myself. Like how do I become uh, not just a good person, but a great person. So that's the way the, with the eye that I read it. Um, emotional intelligence. That was good. Um, by Goldman. Yeah. By Goldman. Um, you know, like even the, the, the Lencioni books, like the, the, the five dysfunctions of the team. Um, I don't know. There's just, it's not even fair to say, if there's one book, but you know, like then there, and then, you know, uh, an author, I always like just enjoying his reading, his writing style is uh, Malcolm Gladwell. I mean, um, so. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah. So. Now let's be honest though. Um, there's a, there's a new uh, author that's coming out. I hear uh, possibly using scribe media and the book's supposed to be released around May of 2020. I'm just, I'm guessing right there. Well, you might know the author. Kind of tell us a little bit about maybe what the title is and what this is going to be about, if you wouldn't mind. And by the way, I'm, I'm talking about Quan. He's, he's got a book that he's writing right now. So give us some detail behind right. that. Sure. Um, yeah, I do have a book coming out um, through Scribe Media. It's going to be called The Sparrow in the Razor Wire. Um, it was just my moment of clarity um, and how I became present. The book is written for men that are doing long or lifetime sentences in prison. And I'm just sharing with them, how did I find my own sense of freedom way before I was ever um, paroled? Um, so I'm giving them like my understanding of what it means to make amends, um, what does personal responsibility look like, um, my lessons on uh, giving back, uh, self-forgiveness, um, just, just things like that. And it was things that I was kind of already doing in prison before I came home, like coaching the men and preparing them for the board. But one of the things I always told them is it's not like a magical combination of words that I'm giving you. What we're getting here is just a mindset and a shift in your heart of, of self-acceptance of the mistakes you've done and self-forgiveness and, and basically how do you make amends in the world and how do you continue to make an impact? And so I'm sharing the lessons I learned and the many failures I did in prison along the way. So um, that's the way I'm writing it. Wow. That's uh, I, I look forward to when that comes out and I'm sure you'll let us know so we can uh, talk a little bit further about it next year. Speaking, let's staying on the magic front of things. If you were to have a superpower, like what is your superpower right now? 
Um, I would have to say um, making the impossible possible. Like people, when people say this cannot be done or you can't do it or that's not how it's done, I figure out a way to make it done, to make it, I would have to say that. Wow. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that's beautiful. And a, uh, you know, you should probably talk to Steve Sims about that because that's uh, one of the things that he even says is making the impossible possible. So mm. um, that's, uh, that's, that's a really great thing to hear that. You know, right now, do you see yourself as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in transition? Um, I would say I'm an entrepreneur. I've come to realize that. So yes, I can accept that and I can find that value in myself. So yes, I am an entrepreneur. That that's that's great. And and Quan, let's let's go back here real uh real quick. I've got two things. Number one, we met you through Defy Ventures, which has been an amazing experience for Brandon and I and probably soon to be Doc here at some point in time. And you have you have a role there at Defy. Do you want to talk a little bit about about the what Defy does? I think it's just amazing and uh and it's it's afforded us a relationship and a friendship, which is really cool. Yes. So uh, Defy Ventures is a nonprofit that uh, works with men and women with criminal histories to uh, create their own companies through entrepreneurship. Um, uh, it's a lot of character, uh, personal development, uh, a lot of career readiness training. And then there's uh, courses on entrepreneurship peppered in. But the majority of the courses are having, having to do with character and personal development. Um, I'm also one of the graduates from DeFi. Uh, it, they came into prison when I was still doing my life, life sentence. And then uh, I stayed involved with them once I came home. And so now I work as the post-release program manager. So my job or the honor that I get is to help men and women that come home um, provide them a community, give them a soft landing zone to get adjusted to society because they come home with so many different um, challenges, whether it's uh, not having the proper documentation, uh, no resources for uh, employment, no housing. So my job is to help them find resources. We have community events where we bring in uh, volunteers um, that will come in to do coaching on things even that many people out here take for granted, such as email basics. Uh, we call a course like technology 101, but I would have to say it's probably more like technology, um, remedial technology, like 088 or something, because many of them have been incarcerated for upwards of 15, 20, 25 years, and they don't know anything about what an inbox is, how do you carbon copy, what the, the concept of the cloud on Google Suites. Um, some of them don't even know how to touch type so it's, it's a, a huge learning curve. I mean, some of them struggle with using a cell phone and, and, and making calls or sending a picture. So um, I get to be in a position to, to help a lot of them transition out here and to get them to also realize, uh, and this is what I see, it's a recurring theme in many of them, um, the stigma or the shame of being incarcerated and somehow that they feel that they're second-class citizens. So personally, I think it's also my job is to get them to realize that, is that they should embrace their experience, um, embrace who they are and, and 
realize that their experience also gives them power out here along the journey. Well, some of the things that you said mm -hmm. earlier today could apply to any business, any profession, as it relates to being a better person. And, and that, those are some of the things that I picked up immediately in visiting with you. My other, my other question that I have to you, both, well, the, the three of us are parents, uh, Doc and, and Strauss and myself are parents. And, and who knows where our kids, I've got, a, as you know, I've got a senior in college and a senior in high school. Man, there's a lot of paths out there that they could get lost on or find in a good way. But what is there advice? Because we have a lot of a lot of folks that that listen that ha that are also parents or even kids as they're working the way up through uh, thinking about being business for themselves. But man, you, you traveled some uh, you traveled some rough roads. Is there some advice that you could pass along to some of those youngsters out there? Hmm. Like listen to mom and dad, or maybe listen to Grammy and Grampy, or um, I would say more along the terms of, of course, listen to your parents um, in many respects, but I think um, be okay with failing, um, be okay with um, not measuring up. Um, yeah, I think. I think those things, because I know like that's what res resonated in my own life was I didn't deal well with failure. Um, I never felt like I measured up. Um, and that's why I found so much uh, acceptance and solace in the gang lifestyle. So, hmm. but I think I just saw the, re uh, the same theme with a lot of the men inside and, and the men and women coming home now. It's just, you know, the acceptance of uh, failure or um, and realizing that this is a journey, but it's, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say it to a, a kid at that young age. Like I think, like what could someone have told me when I was running on the streets or or angry at the world? And um, I think as someone who had just perhaps even listened and just instead of telling me like this is what I needed to do, but just listen to what I was going through, and then um, you know just just providing me a place to, to support me to find my way out of it. Yeah. High fives, high fives and hugs, bro. Yeah. You know, I was gonna, powerful. Yeah. One of the things, and I know I'm going to hop back to books here real quick, because it just reminded me of something. A friend of our family uh, has heard the stories of my second time going back and defy and what it's meant. And, you know, me telling the story of getting to meet you and what you've built out. And she just sent me the book and it just showed up uh, two days ago at my house. The Sun Does Shine by Anthony Hinton. I don't know. Have you heard of that book? I have not. Okay. So it's okay. called, it's How I Found Life and Freedom on Death Row. Nice. Uh, but uh, what I'm done with this, I'll, I'll send it to you because you are a book nerd. And I say that in the most positive of ways. <laughs> I want to be a book nerd. I'm really bad at reading, but I, that's one of the things I've committed myself to here recently. But the sun does shine. So when I'm done with it, I'll send it to you. Okay. Hey, you know what, Straz and, and Doc? Um, mm -hmm. One thing I, I omitted here. Do you want to talk about some stats with Defy? So... Um, let's call it EITs going through, and for those wondering, that's entrepreneurs in training, what the return rate or reoccurrence rate happens to be, general populace, you know, what they are out there versus yeah. someone go through a program. This is pretty yeah. remarkable. Um, so 
the recidivism rate, so that's the rate at which uh, men or women go back to prison within three years, um, it looks like around from, I've seen studies that go as high as 72%, but like for device purposes, like we're saying about 55% of men or women that uh, come home uh, will be go back to prison within three years, I think about 55%, if I'm not mistaken from our numbers. Um, but like I said, some studies show it up to 72%, 77%. So the FIES, uh numbers right now are at about 7.2% if I last seen or last uh, um, brochure come out. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's just remarkable. I mean, there's there's yeah. something to that. And, and you've touched on it before, but there, there's a reason why uh, you're involved with DeFi, with high quality folks that uh, that are there as well. But and again, high fives. Yeah, your story it, it, your story is inspirational. When when the book comes out next year, I think it's really going to speak um, to a lot of different people, not just people that are going through something currently incarcerated, but to people that are out and actually want to help make a difference through uh, organizations like Defy and and so many other ones that are out there right now. Quan, any last words that you want to part on people that are sitting there saying, you know, when I get out. I, I need to have a plan in place and this is how I was able to have that support system and that plan in place. Um, let me see. Well, I have what, uh, some words I'd like to say to everybody that um, uh, regardless if they were incarcerated or not, then I'll give something to the incarcerated brothers and sisters. But for most people that are listening that have never experienced incarceration, um, I would just like to simply say like my own belief is that um, every human being is worth salvaging. So um, someone that's in, experienced incarceration, uh, I've seen them be discriminated or written off in the workplace, in um, apartments, filling out um, just to get housing, things like that. And I think if we just come with the mindset that these are also people that made mistakes um, or chose differently or chose wrong at one time in their life, but now are just wanting to look for a second chance, um, give it to them. Um, and then for the brothers and sisters that are coming home, um, I think the thing that helped me the most was laying out my goals, not six months before I came home, but just laying out my beginning to lay out goals, like make a process of laying out my goals, probably years of what I wanted to do, of even if I was in there. So just living in that present and realizing how much goal setting and how much their daily choices makes a difference in and changes their life from in there so they don't have to go home but it just begins this habit where then by the time I was found suitable then my goals of course changed I mean my goals didn't change as far as the grand goals but the the little markers of okay well I'm doing this on a different world I guess not inside now I'm doing it for the real world so um, I think for them just realizing to set goals for themselves but that it be lit, begins in there. It doesn't have to begin once they come home. Wow. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a, a beautiful, beautiful point. Was there anything else you wanted to make or you, you got, no. you're an insightful person. You're a beautiful human being. And, and the more people that realize that people are worth saving, it's, it's really, you know, one of the things that someone said to me when I got to go in there the first time was, can you let people know in the real world that we're, we're, we're good people? 
we made mistakes, but they, they, they referenced it as the real world. So, you know, back to your entrepreneurial spirit to bring it to a pot, you know, another positive side on there, man, I am, I'm jazzed. Like I, I love the name of the company. Uh, it took you four days, you know, soup to nuts, four days, man. How awesome is that? And you went all in, you didn't sit there and let your circumstance become, you know, what, what you were going to become. Your past didn't define your future, as I uh, said on something yesterday as well. So, Juan, I, I appreciate the time. I hope we get to have a follow-up one as the book's coming out, as we would love to hear more about that book and that time. Uh, Joseph, anything you want to leave or part with us? No, it was a, it was a remarkable story, and um, I, I appreciate the reading list. Yeah. Okay, thank you. BD? You know, Quan. <clears throat> The, the fascinating part of, of your background and your, your history has been what you decided to, to do. That is not only um, I, the parallels folks who may have been incarcerated, but there are a lot of folks and, and people that are in jobs or professions that they absolutely feel miserable. And I think they can correlate with your story because they haven't broken out yet or they haven't felt confident enough to to go out yet. So I, I really believe, and I probably shared that with you in our, our last visit, but, but uh, it's a remarkable story, my friend. You're an inspiration to me. <clears throat> and I can't wait to share this story as well as uh, Straz and Doc, uh, along with yourself, with, with uh, thousands of folks because it, it means a lot and and peace brother you know absolutely yeah well listen appreciate it Quan. look forward to the next time again my name's brandon Strauss, also known as the real naked agent guys gals out there listen you have a wealth of knowledge between joseph brent myself and Quan. um if you'd like to please reach out to Quan. uh we'll have his information below He'd be more than happy. I have a feeling I'm going to put some words in your mouth, Juan, but to like sit there and help guide people through uh, the experiences that you've been through and how you can be a help. He's out in the LA market and uh, he's got an unbelievable company and he's still giving back uh, through Defy Ventures, which I think is super important. So reach out to any one of us. We'd love to hear from you and hear from uh, you know other topics that you'd like to uh, have guests on the show. So again, my name is Brandon Strauss, also known as The Real Naked Agent, along with Dr. Joseph K. And Brent Duhin. And we've got Juan Huynh. <laughs> we'll Hi, see. Thanks. We'll see you on the airwaves. You've been listening to Breaking Business Barriers. For more information, or if you have a compelling story to tell, find us on Facebook at Open Media Source.